staying connected to God daily, second by second, as we live on this earth, as we wait for the return of Jesus, is critical. For we must take every care to God in prayer when the problem arises. And we settle the matter with God in prayer so we can live in a state of peace. I worked with a pastor concerning a project that he had started before I had ever met him. He and his church group bought a piece of land whereby they intended to build a church building. I met him at the point in time which he was asking me for a word of exhortation concerning the end times. And then he revealed to me he was building this church building. At the end time, when Jesus returns, Jesus will remove the elect of God, both those who have died in Christ, as well as those who are still alive on this earth. The great tribulation comes upon the wicked, Then the end of this world, the burning up of the current heaven and current earth, where God destroys it by fire, will happen. If we are anywhere near that point, it greatly concerns me that a pastor would be building a church building, when all buildings will be destroyed by fire by God. The real message for this moment is preparing your church to be ready for the return of Jesus. So I began working with this pastor on this subject. I asked him what kind of word did he have from God showing him to build this new church building. He couldn't answer that because he didn't have a word from God. I have to assume it was simply an idea that he and the leaders in his church thought would be a good idea to buy the parcel of land and to build a building. But you have to consider the season you're working in. So I worked with him on that. Now, after I worked with him, I'm all stirred up. So I'm not at peace. So what do I do? I turn to God and I say to God, After this last email that I wrote to him, if he does not have any understanding of what I'm saying, then I don't believe he's of you, and I believe I should depart from him. But if he's of you, please help him to understand, to have some type of glimmer of understanding concerning what I have written to him. Because if he cannot understand what I'm saying, he can't be of you. He has to have an enlightenment from you concerning what I wrote him. That is my request to God on the subject. I can live at peace after I have settled the subject with God. Then I can go back and do the work that I'm doing right now recording these podcasts. But first, I have to be at peace. So we must take every care to God in prayer, every day. We'll be going through the day, and maybe there isn't any care or concern. And we're at total peace, and all of a sudden something happens. 
and we're shaken up. We can't just ignore it. We have to go to God in prayer, as Paul said to do in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. We have to take it to God in prayer at that moment, not tomorrow, not next week, at the moment it occurs, at the moment the problem occurs, you deal with it, whatever the problem is. That's the only way you'll be in peace. So we must take every care to God in prayer in order to be able to be ready for the return of Jesus. For we don't know when Jesus is returning. The stage is set. He could come at any time. Will he find us in peace when he comes? Or are we going to be all stirred up over the pastor who is trying to build a church building while the end of the world is coming? I have to keep myself in peace. You have to keep yourself in peace. And we do that by diligently heeding Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. This makes us ready for the return of Jesus. So let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. The Apostle Paul says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. See, I let my requests be made known unto God a few minutes ago when I prayed about this pastor who's trying to build this new church building as the end of the world is coming. I let my requests be made known unto God. And what were my requests? If he can't understand what I'm saying in my last email that I sent to him, then I have to assume that you didn't give him any understanding and he's not of God. But if he's of you, my request is, please open his eyes to understand some part of that email so we can go forward with him. Now, if he doesn't have any understanding, it's my intention just to disassociate with him because it will just keep upsetting me to try to reason with him when he can't understand. So I don't know what will happen with this pastor. But my request to God is for me to be free so I can go forward with the work of God. Is there anything at all you are concerned with right now? If so, you are not ready for the return of Jesus. Are you concerned about a doctor's appointment? Are you concerned about a dental appointment? Are you concerned about anything? Are you concerned about visiting with somebody in the future, or maybe your children are coming and you're going to try to reason with them about something, or you're trying to do something and you're concerned. If you have any concern of any kind at this moment, you're not ready for the return of Jesus. Why? Because the Apostle Peter told us, be diligent that you may be found by him when he returns that you'll be found by him in peace. You cannot be in peace if you're concerned about anything. 
Peter said that in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. We have to keep ourselves in peace, without spot, and blameless at all times. For when Jesus returns, he is going to gather the elect of God to himself. We can only be ready if we are in peace without spot and blameless. Therefore, we keep ourselves in peace through dealing every day, second by second, with any problem that arises by turning to God in prayer, submitting the problem to God. If we have a request, let that request be made known unto God. And then God will give us a scripture or a concept which frees us from that care or concern. So we live in peace even when the problem is still out there because we've heard from God. Philippians 4, 6 is the real key, doing it. My cousin called me once. She's Church of Christ member. She's been in Church of Christ all her life. She called me once and said, Oh, I do well during the day, but I get so lonely at night. Her husband died 10 years prior to this. I said, Oh, this is no problem. All you have to do is when you start feeling lonely, you call on God and you ask him to help you. He will. About two weeks later, I got a letter from this same cousin, and she said, Oh, I do so well during the day, but I get so lonely at night. See, she didn't do what I said. She didn't do Philippians 4, 6. Well, there's no reason for me to spin my wheels with this cousin who is determined to be lonely at night. We must not live that way. We must keep ourselves in peace. For me, keeping myself in peace was withdrawing from this cousin. She didn't live in the city where I lived. I just stopped communicating with her. I don't write her. I, don't, I can't call her because she's almost deaf and she can't hear. She can't do emails, so she can't read the Internet things. So I would write to her by U.S. mail. But if she can't do it, there's no reason for me to work with her to do something that she's not going to do anyway. And it upsets me when she won't do it. I can't live in peace with this cousin. I think she's probably dead by now. Last time I heard what from her was 2019, and she was 97 at that time. So she's probably already dead. But you have to withdraw from a relative if you cannot live in peace with a relative. You have to withdraw from a church person if you can't. Live in peace if they're always troubling you about what they say. You can't continue with them because you're not helping them and they will always trouble you. So we have to live in peace. As we are at the end time, which I think we are, we put ourselves with the elect of God and we can live in peace with them because we're one spirit with them. They are settling their problems with God. We are settling our problems with God. When we come together and visit, we're at one spirit. We're not troubling each other. That's what we have to do to live in peace. But if you go among those people that 
stir you up and always trouble you, you're not going to be living in peace. And you think you can turn them to God, but you haven't. Have you? What makes you think you can in the future? See, it's like this pastor. I have worked with him for several days and have given him many exhortations, and he has not been able to understand my exhortations, but he still keeps communicating with me. Well, I've communicated with him, and now I'm saying to God, if he doesn't have any glimmer of understanding of what I'm saying, that means you haven't given him any understanding. Either he's not of you, and that's why he can't understand what I'm saying, or he is somehow willfully going the wrong direction. And I will be disturbed as long as I think of him. Therefore, if he has no understanding about what I just wrote, I'm just going to withdraw from him. Titus chapter 3 tells us to do that after the first or second admonition, reject them. Warn them a time or two, give them the message a time or two, and then just walk away knowing that such is subverted and condemned of himself. You can't go down with him. I once told my mother this. You can go down, but I'm not going to go down with you. And she straightened up. And she was born again. She's no longer living, but she straightened up before then. And God caused her to be born again in her latter years. You think you're going to turn them to God when you have spoken to them over and over and over and still have no understanding on the subject. You're not going to do that. You're not going to be turning them to God. You have to save yourself. You have to put that person away and just walk away. Now, you don't have to do it in a mean kind of way. What you can do is this. If they choose to come visit you and they say something that disturbs you, just take the Bible and read the correct thing to them. Read it from the Bible. This is what the Bible says. Read it to them. Terminate the conversation. Every time they contact you, read the Bible to them. Eventually, they'll either come to God or leave you. But it will end the situation. If you will be really specific and deal with it by addressing the exact problem through the Bible, read to them the scripture that God brings to your attention while you're talking to them. You certainly don't have to be mean to them, but you cannot stay around that person and go over the same thing over and over and over. Like with my cousin, I went over Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. She didn't do it. Next time I heard from her, same problem. She needed to do Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. That ends it for me. No more. Either do it or just leave me alone. I didn't say it to her that way. I repeated it again, the exact same instruction. After the first or second admonition, you walk away which is what I did. I haven't heard from her since 
2019, and I think she's probably dead by now. That's all I can do. This is a very important message concerning staying ready for the return of Jesus. Luke chapter 21, verses 33 through 36, Jesus says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, which is overindulgence, and drunkenness, and cares of this life. So that day of the Lord come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Verse 36. Watch ye therefore. Watch what? Watch what you're doing. Watch, watch what you're doing. Are you concerned about anything today? If you are, you're not ready for the return of Jesus because you haven't settled that matter with God. Watch ye therefore and pray always. Pray to God. Let your request be made known to God on the subject at hand over which you are concerned. Now that connects you to God. And when you do that, you are counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. Staying connected with God. So Jesus says, watch ye therefore and pray always. For this basically enables you to be accounted worthy to escape because it connects you to God. That ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So it is prayer that connects us to God in all the troubles and cares of this life, and the connecting to God in prayer makes us accounted worthy to escape that which is coming upon this earth and causes us to stand before the Son of Man. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, Paul says, Work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. You're going to have to decide what it is that steals peace from you or who it is that steals peace from you. You're going to have to work out your salvation. If you have to cut off your right hand, you cut off your right hand. Whatever you have to do to live in peace. So if you have to withdraw communication with that person, that's what you do. I've done it so many times, there is no way for me to even begin to tell you how many times I've done this. There's a woman in Texas where I used to live. She was like a daughter to me. She is a Catholic, a practicing Catholic. She would come to my house and visit me, and she'd say some worldly thing, and I would look at her and say, now that is not in the Bible, and I want to build my house on the Word of God. Usually when I said that, she'd back off. She might stay gone a week or two, but then she'd come back to visit me, and she'd tell me some worldly thing. And I would say to her, what you just said is not in the Bible, 
and I want to build my house on the Word of God. She might stay gone three weeks. This time she's been gone about two or three years. I haven't had any phone calls or heard from her in two or three years. Well, that's fine. If the unbeliever departs, let him depart. But I can live in peace without her, but I can't live in peace with her. So work out your own salvation. You have to decide what it is that's pulling you off the track. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 10 and 11. Paul says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Romans fourteen nineteen. Let us, therefore, follow after the things which make for peace. The television shows that cause you to be in peace. The activities that cause you to be in a state of peace. Follow after them and the things wherewith one may edify another, where we can build up that other person in things of God. So Paul says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14, Peter says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for all these things, You're looking for the return of Jesus and the end of this world, where God destroys the heaven and earth by fire and removes the elect of God. That's what we're really waiting for. So Peter says, Be diligent that you may be found of him, of Jesus, when he returns, that he will find you in peace, without spot, and blameless. You must understand You cannot appease devils. You mustn't even try to do it. State the Bible and leave them alone. You have to come away from them. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, in which when a man hath found it, He hideth the treasure, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he has, and buyeth that field. Why? Because he knows that treasure that's in it. We give up everything and hold on to the treasure of the Word of God, keeping ourselves in a correct state of mind for the return of Jesus. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he hath found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. There is nothing equal to the word of God. Nothing. There is nothing equal to the wisdom of God. It's better than rubies or diamonds or anything you can imagine. Seeking the wisdom of God, reading the Bible, keeping ourselves in a condition for the return of Jesus, should he return at this second. 
Now another thing I strongly recommend to each of you, you speak to them when they come to you. Don't just give them something I've written or something I've recorded. They already know I'm the problem. If you weren't around me, you wouldn't be a problem. You wouldn't have a problem. So you tell them, because they think I'm the problem, and they're accepting you. You tell them what the Bible says. You do it. Take a Bible. Read it to them. Just open it up and read it word for word when the subject arises. My mother got saved that way. I was visiting at her house. She was not born again. I opened the cabinet doors to her kitchen cabinet, and I saw a set of Zodiac mugs that I had given to her before I was born again. My mother always loved horoscopes. So I opened the door, the door of the cabinet, and I took a sack, a garbage sack, and I began putting those Zodiac mugs in this garbage bag. She was watching me. When she realized what I was about to do, she said, No, no, what are you doing? I want to keep those. You gave those to me. I didn't say one word to her. I just kept putting the mugs into the garbage bag. When I had it filled, I took it out to the alley, broke the mugs against the garbage dumpster, threw the broken pieces into the garbage, and went back into the house. She was sitting there, and we said not one word to each other. I went into the bedroom. I got a Bible. I came back, opened it up to Deuteronomy chapter 18, and began reading to her at verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abomination of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. I closed the Bible and said nothing. And she sat there for a second or two. And then she said, well, I guess we'd better not do that anymore. She was born again then. Because she agreed with God and turned from what she had been doing and agreed with God. That's what being born again is. Seeing that you better not do that anymore. I returned to Dallas where I was living at the time this happened. My uncle, who lived where my mother lived, in the town where my mother lived, he wrote to me and said, Your mother has changed. She has really changed. That's what born again is, is change. We're not the same person after God reveals our sin to us. 
We're not the same person that we were before. That's being born again. So just read the Bible to them. Either they will get born again by your reading the Bible to them, or they'll depart for a while, and they may or may not be born again in the end, but you are free. But you're going to have to do it. And don't just give them what I say, unless God specifically told you to. For the most part, you need to tell them. You need to read the Bible to them. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.